Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Q on Q. We're so glad you are with us this week. Just want to start out this week with a quick reminder. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We post a lot of um, devotional pictures and um, video updates and things about the podcast. You will find us at Q on Q. Again, that's on Facebook and Instagram at Q on Q. Speaking of social media, it's kind of the inspiration for today's topic. If you were to look right now at your phone, how many social media platforms are you on? We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, WhatsApp, the list goes on and on. How many of you are a part of the app Be Real? It's a relatively new app, though it's been around for a few years. It's gained popularity in the last year specifically. Be Real encourages its users to show their friends who they really are for once. That's a direct quote from the app. Its main feature is a daily notification that encourages users to share a photo of themselves and their immediate surroundings during a randomly selected two-minute window that is different each day. There's no filters, and if you do it in the moment, there's really no opportunity to stage or edit photos. The goal of the app is authenticity, or being real in the moment, sharing what you're doing right then, right now with the world. I know there's a few of us, maybe myself included, that do them late because circumstances prevent us from posting at the exact moment the notification goes off. So I guess in those settings, we're staging the photos. I've even heard it said instead of being real, people are being fake. In doing some reviews on the app, I found some interesting reflections. A writer for a leading national entertainment magazine wrote that Be Real, quote, makes everyone look extremely boring. Yes, you heard that right. In contrast to Instagram, this writer says that Instagram presents an unattainable view of people's lives. So I guess they're saying that what we see on Instagram is a lot more exciting? Kelsey Weekman, a reporter for BuzzFeed News, noted that the app's unwillingness to, quote, glamorize the unoriginality of life made it feel humbling in its emphasis on authenticity. So while the app attempts to capture the authentic, Many experts feel the draw just won't be there, and as we've become hooked on and accustomed to staging what goes on in our lives for the world to see the absolute best. So when given the opportunity, is it more important for you to be real or to be who others expect you to be? Sometimes our personalities, our choices, our attitudes can change in the wind based on who we're with or where we are. Do you pretend to be somebody else when you're with other people? It's honestly a pretty challenging question to reflect on. So often, we pretend to be someone we're not around people whose approval we crave. So what does being real exactly mean? Well, I looked up the word authentic, because that seemed as close as it could be. And in the dictionary, it says, quote, being genuine and original. There's even sub-definitions underneath that include the words true and trustworthy. Bottom line, any way you look at it, it's a positive connotation. So from that definition, who wouldn't want to be authentic all the time, right? Do you have what it takes to be your full-out genuine self? I want to break that definition out just a little bit. If you're authentic, you're original. You see, you are already a unique human being, a -a one-of-a-kind, nobody-like-you design, and therefore you get to be you. There's no script to follow, no mold to replicate. You are genuine, and you are able to express your inner self, and be the loving, kind-hearted, generous person that your heart truly longs to be. 
Being true gives you inner peace and contentment when lying has the potential to just eat away at your insides and dig big pits. When we put aside who we were truly designed to be, when we ignore our calling and follow the leading of our friends, when we display a facade that the world desires but you know, really makes God mourn, we aren't being real at all. We're being fake. And I know sometimes that's a hard word to hear, but what makes us crave being fake? Because really, if we're not being true to ourselves and showing our true self to others, then that's what we're being. If somebody knows the real you, they might not like you or accept you. So since you're afraid of rejection, you just change who you are, so acceptance will be the outcome. But there's a truth that is so often overlooked, and it's kind of a strange thing, but do you ever notice that people can usually tell if somebody is being real with them or if they're being fake? It's hard to explain, but it seems like some inert ability that we have to determine authenticity, kind of like a real radar. If it's a thing, why do we try so hard to be something we're not? Perhaps it seems like it shouldn't be that complicated. I mean, who else are you going to be? It can be challenging to be real, not only because it often takes courage, but because it's easy to confuse authenticity with a million other things. Like so many other things, it's almost like society has given its own definition to what being real is. Some people think it's having no filters or no boundaries. Some seem to think it's an excuse to never change, and others might think it means expressing every thought or feeling you have, when in reality, it's none of those things. Being real means being honest with yourself, acting according to your values, and bringing your full self to every interaction. But somehow we forget who we are, and we see ourselves through the eyes of others alone. Don't lose sight of your own qualities and try to copy somebody else's communication, style, or presence. Appreciate and celebrate the fact that nobody else can be you. The fact is this. What we do and say, how we choose to have fun, where we go, how we respond to others, those things can all affect the credibility of our witness toward others. And to be honest, the attractiveness of our faith in general. The unfortunate truth is that for many Christians, how we have portrayed ourselves has been anything but inspiring or loving to others. This isn't how we were called to live or act. On the other hand, sometimes we sanitize our lives so much we only share the highlights, and this is where reality seems to slip away. You know, we only share the best pictures, the most flattering news, the happiest family events, and in this case, our images carefully managed and squeaky clean to the world. The problem is, this might appear to set the bar too high and be somewhat discouraging to those who are really looking for a life of faith. Ultimately, people, especially those who are far from God, are looking for the real deal. People don't want to see an unreal, imaginary existence they have to feel they have to reach up to. When honest, you know, they don't want to see the worldly compromise nor phony religion. God has called us to be authentic in our faith and be true representatives of Jesus. And to bridge the gap between what people see as they peer into our lives and what Christ said they should see, we have to decide to live our lives with authenticity. That is, to live in such a way people can connect the message of the gospel with the touch it's had on our lives. It begins on the inside. It's a work that only God can do in us if we allow him. 
It's a transformation of the heart that makes the small print of our lives line up with the billboard that everybody sees. Think about all the things for which we display for the world. Our personalities, our values, our spirit, our faith. I think one of the reasons so many people struggle being authentic in a public sense is because they have trouble being authentic in the private. Think about this in regards to our faith. If we are real with God during the private times, are we also authentic with our faith in public? Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6, 5, where it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. In fact, one of the greatest areas many seem to struggle with in regards to authenticity is in prayer, which impacts our entire relationship with God. And Jesus suggested that, like those public hypocrites of his day, we too can be hypocritical in this area. We've all done it, praying those standard repetition prayers that hold little personal meaning but feel like an obligation, and in reality, keeping God at arm's length, and those theologically correct prayers that don't actually express what's on our hearts. Yet we often talk to God in the same way that we talk to people on social media, you know, superficially, trying to pretend or ignore that there's things that aren't going on or forget what reality has set in. But the scriptures tell us we should know and believe that God is saying, I can handle you being real with me. He wants to know our true feelings. He wants to calm our anger and heal any pain we're experiencing. In becoming one of us, Jesus experienced our highs and our lows. He understands. When we dare to be real with God, he helps move us from a place of doubt and unbelief into a place of trust and stronger faith. I have a pretty great life. A beautiful wife, two great kids, I'm in fairly good health, a good paying job. I'm a guy who tries to be super positive all the time and show outward my faith and my belief in the importance of love and hope. And to be honest, Most people don't see anything other than that. But I'm human, folks. (laughs) There are times that I'm really tired. Sometimes I question a whole lot of things. There's times I get upset. There's times I search. There's times I find myself just sitting not wanting to do anything. Does this mean I'm not being real? I wouldn't say so. Overall, I'm a super positive guy who always tries to see the best in all things in all situations and pursue all things God has for me. And honestly, I don't show a whole lot of emotion in private or in public. Sometimes I have those moments when life just catches up and I need a break or I need to spend some time doing something different or get a distraction. But there are some people who need to display a facade because, to them, that's what the public expects. When I was younger, we used to call these people plastic, almost as if they came with Ken and Barbie and had their perfect cookie-cutter life. As a teacher, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been told, put on a happy face because your students need to see you being a strong, positive role model. And yes, our kids need to see best versions of ourselves. And yes, I consider myself a great role model. But do you know what I've found incredibly effective? Being real with kids. Having conversations with them sometimes, especially middle school kids. They don't need to know every detail, but sometimes being real with them is just what they need. Anybody who works in a middle school setting will tell you that middle school kids want teachers that are real people. Sometimes I tell kids things are hard. Sometimes they pour out their feelings and their emotions, and it wouldn't be right of me to just say, eh, just ignore what's going on and smile and do your homework and everything will be fine. I can't tell you how many believers I've talked to who are confused about 
how to express their feelings. Believing they should never get angry, express grief, sadness, or hurt. I've even heard spoken from the pulpit at times, and or on videos and sermons, you know, that expressing such feelings demonstrates a lack of faith. And what does that do? Just because people feel that way, you know, people are going to stuff down their emotions and paste a smile on their face, which could lead to bigger problems later. Perhaps trauma, or the inability to experience feelings at all. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and just, like, smash in a door somewhere, but it's okay to get angry sometimes. It's okay to cry. It's okay to express your disappointment and your hurt. Jesus got angry. Jesus cried. He displayed what he was feeling. But the key is this. Feelings aren't evil, but when they are submitted to God, they can help us find direction. What we love might reveal to us a gift that God has placed in our heart. What we dislike or what we ignore could reveal what we're called to correct. What makes us cry probably reveals what we're called to heal. Some of us have thought for years or have even been taught we should hide our failure at all costs. And while there are certain things we don't want to rehash or bring up, some of our biggest difficulties become our greatest testimonies. To be honest, I believe people are repelled by others who act holier than thou and are really leading a double life or have secret sins that other people find out about. When we are transparent about our struggles, our failures, and our faults, people are more attracted to us to learn and to grow and to do life together. And in turn, they're more open to learning about a relationship with Christ after seeing the work he's done in us. Humbly admitting the fact that we need grace and will never be perfect is a powerful witness to the transforming power of Christ in our lives. And it stands in stark contrast to the superficial social media culture we live in, where everybody's life, career, and family is just utterly fantastic. People today are searching for the real deal. People don't want a phony. They're not interested in a fake, and they certainly don't want a hypocrite. Today's world, our lives, our whole lives are on display. God didn't create you to be somebody else. He made you one of a kind, and he wants you to be real. He wants to use you as you. So you have a decision to make. Are you ready to be real? You can be stuck and enslaved by fear, or you can be the real you and enjoy the good things that God has planned for your life. Well, friends, it's been great being with you again this week. As always, I really do appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.